Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals. Welcome back. I'm Dan. I'm James. And this is episode 59 of the Cornwall Property Podcast. So this is our Ask Dan and James episode, your chance to get your questions into us and for us to hopefully help um, give you a bit more direction <coughs> and um, some more knowledge and information on property in general, hopefully. So James, how do people get in touch? They get in touch with us in a few uh, ways. One is on our social media platforms such as Facebook and Instagram. And you can also um, drop us uh, an email, uh, which you can do, which is uh, podcast at cl-property.com. Uh, put in your questions and Dan and I will certainly get back to you. So without further ado, I think we shall start with our first question, which is from Jackie in Newquay, who asked the following. I have been doing some research into different types of key and security. How much systems for a HMO of mine and was wondering if you had any recommendations. I hate having to carry around so many keys and wonder if there is a solution for this. I don't have faith in a keyless entry system. So would what I would still want is a physical key, ideally. Thank you for any advance that you help you can give in advance. Yeah, so Jackie, thanks for getting in touch. So Jackie's got a HMO. She wants to know what's the best key or security methods for them. Um, Jackie, can we can massively um, empathise with this because oh. the last thing you want is you can have maybe a, a house with five different bedrooms. And for the HMO, you're likely to have door locks on each of the bedrooms. Obviously, you've got a front door lock, you've got five bedroom door locks, you've got a back door potentially as well. Um, there's a lot of keys there that you may have to to, to keep hold of and label and list. And, and if you've got two or three properties, times that then by two or three times. So there's a lot of keys jangling away in your pocket. But it doesn't have to be that way. So what you can um, do and what I'd recommend and we do for our properties is we go with a system called a master key system. So it's a very clever system. And now we've got so who does this. Any good locksmith should be able to access and, and to set this up for you. So your local locksmiths uh, down in Newquay should be able to help if they can't get in touch. And we can obviously share who we use. Um, but yeah, master key system. The whole idea is that you can program these this key system, the security system, so that you only have to have one key. Your tenants only have to have one key, but their one key, for example, James and I have one key, and this is like the the master, we call it the grandmaster, grandmaster. the grandmaster key. That gets us in, we've got a number of properties, a number of rooms, um, so we can get into every single door in our property with one key, and amongst all of our properties with one door key. However, tenants, they have one key, but their key is only programmed so that they can only get in the front door the back door, and only their bedroom door. It won't any, open any other doors in any other property. It won't any, open any other doors or any bedrooms in that property. So it's a real, really, really clever system. So the benefits are that you only have to have one key to worry about. Um, if you get your key lost, the there's different levels of security you can have on these master key systems. So level one security is the, the most basic, where if James was a tenant of mine, James had his key, James could go down to the local locksmith or go to timpsons or for example whatever he could get that master key cut for his bedroom um without any issues now we don't personally like that we like to have a bit more control and we don't like the idea of not knowing how many keys have been created so what we we go for is for a level two level of security which means that if james had his key he could not get that cut um over a local timpsons or any other uh, locksmith 
you have to go through our locksmith to get that cut. So it just gives that element of control that we know how many keys are out there. We know who has keys. Um, and if we want another key cut, we have to give permission and the nod from our lock to our locksmith for him to do so. So there's pros and cons to that, I'm sure, mm-hmm. for everybody. It all depends on how how far you want to go with it. If it's literally just a case of you're not too worried about that security element, it's more just a case of just only having one key, then level one security, obviously, it's cheaper as well. But we go for a level two security whereby um, only our locksmith can provide those keys with a certain code and he has all of the codes for each of the properties. So we don't actually have to go and issue him a key. We just say, look, um, can you just give us a key for um, flat two in X property? And he he knows all the codes and he can just cut it and post it out to us or go to the site for us. So yeah, hopefully that helps, Jackie. Um, I'm sure you may have many other questions off the back of it, but that is what we use. And uh, yeah, I can highly recommend that too. Um, I'd always recommend, obviously, as well, if you have cleaners, um, for your security and the, uh, the tenant security, not that you don't trust your cleaners, but it also just stops any questions, is we have a cleaner key, and the cleaner key only opens the front, the back doors, but no bedroom doors. So our cleaners in our shared houses, our HMOs, they only clean the communal areas. So there's no reason for them to need access to bedrooms. So again, just another level of security, just forward thinking. Um, and if you've got an agent looking after the property, they can obviously have the master key, and their master key will open only their that property, but all the doors at once. So um, I am just smiling, uh, Dan, uh, in this uh, podcast room at the moment. So I remember before we jumped into bed with one another for business, uh, you were laughing at me because I would turn <laughs> up with my my leather key pouch <laughs> in the back of his car. <laughs> Sounded yeah. like Santa coming, jingling and jangling with all my different keys. But I, I can honestly own a bit of humility with this uh, and say that master key system is the way forward especially for uh you know uh, landlords who've got more than um two properties or or even one property it just makes life a lot more simpler mm. and for somebody like me who loses things quite often it's quite good just to have that one key because uh, i can always borrow dan's <laughs> yeah and, and it's not cheap to set up but i i see if you set it up from early doors i know landlords have got large portfolios and their biggest regret is they didn't take the plunge earlier on to to start going on that master key system so yeah i'd plan for it from day one if i were you Agreed. So next question. Cracking name. <clears throat> Daniel from Weybridge. Thanks for getting in touch, Dan. So Daniel's question is, what is a sensible amount sensible amount of contingency you guys put in for your projects to keep safe with the development work costs? Oh, very good question there, uh, Daniel. And thank you for your uh, question and supporting the podcast. It is a good question. And I think more so now than ever, contingency is a kind of a big topic uh, with things like uh, the cost of materials and all that type of stuff. But straight to the point, again, before meeting Dan, I would normally put in 10%. I used to think that was quite a a decent amount, although from time to time I did go over. Uh, But these days I'm putting in certainly more like 10 to 15 more so the latter actually uh, 15% contingency I think is quite safe at the moment because you've got a couple of elements here one which is an external constraint which is the cost of materials we all know over the last year especially well two years with the pandemic coming to play that you know in some cases battens uh, for example uh, the cost of timber has gone up you know three four times what it used to be um, but sometimes you've had particular months where one particular item's gone up a lot more whether that be a bathroom suite whatever it is so 
whatever you think it is, I think 15% is a, is a good place to start. Um, another little tip that I would always give is that when you're getting your quotes for your uh, projects, whether it's going to be carpets, whether it's going to be a new bathroom, new kitchen, painting the exterior, whatever it's going to be, we have a golden rule, don't we, Dan? We always go out and we get three quotes just so you can, you know, make sure you're not paying over the odds on that kind of mm. that, that first quote. Uh, so, yeah, allow 15% is what I would say. Dan, any comments that you'd add to that? I'm just pleased you're looking at contingencies, if I'm honest, Daniel, um, mm. mainly because a lot of people don't think about it. People think, oh, you're not going to need it. What We've gone through everything that could go wrong. It, it's No, <laughs> unless you've opened up every element of that building and that con- that, that, that property prior to, to, to getting all your costs um, fixed, then no, you're going to need a contingency. There's always something, even when we think, oh, what else could go wrong? Like There's mm. always something that props up. Um, and I think just to come back to you, James, that you mentioned you, you were doing 10%, now you've got 15 I think that's respective of the size of the properties you were doing on your own compared mm. to what we're doing now. I think they're a lot bigger. The refurbs are a lot more costly. And I think it's a, there's a lot more that could go wrong. So I think it's always always better to to work off the worst case scenario and go slightly higher. But And don't try and massage your figures just to make it work because you're the one that's going to lose out at the end of the day. So yeah. um, stick, be, be, be strict with yourself. If, even if you don't think you're going to spend it, you just need to just factor it in because it's going to be something that eats up a little bit that you haven't thought about. Um, even if that's just time, there's being contingent on cost, but there's also being contingent on time. If you think, well, this should take this long, be a little bit contingent. Put an extra 10% of that time on there. Um, I think it's just so so important that you. you I'm a very much uh, plan for the worst case, and I can't be disappointed. Yeah, um, definitely. So that's something that I definitely would recommend. If I can live with that worst case scenario, and that's what I'm expecting to happen, then if it doesn't get that bad, then happy days, I'm winning. So yeah. I think if you're budgeting budgeting for fifteen percent, um, and that might be in time and cost then uh, I don't think you can go far wrong. No, definitely. And you've you hit on the point of doing, you know, like bigger projects. Uh, if you are doing bigger projects and, you know, more heavy renovations, for example, changing floor joists or things like that. Or, back to brick. Or, or back to brick, whatever it is. And you're not sure because there's only so much you can really tell when you're buying a property. You know, you can have a look at it, you know, unless you're really, really knowledgeable or you're a surveyor yourself, you kind of know what you're dealing with. If you are unsure and it's quite a big uh, renovation, there's no harm. Pay a surveyor, you know, mm-hmm. two, three hundred quid for the day. Get in there and they can bring some amazing uh, bits of um, uh, micro drills, yeah. all that type of stuff, you know, because the last thing you want, I mean, we call, especially some of the grade two listed properties we do, I call them Russian dolls because, mm-hmm. you know, you think you can make them look pretty, you can do this you're going to change that room and change that but sometimes you, you, there's things that you just can't see especially like lintels which can cost a lot of money if you need to replace them so if you're unsure take a surveyor with you that would be my biggest tip especially on the more heavy refurbs if it's straightforward and you can see this stuff and it's just about material costs then just yeah 10 15 percent i think you'll be fairly safe and as dan said you can only be uh you know you can't be disappointed because uh, you've put in that contingency and another tip but we've we, we do more and more now uh, after every sort of development you 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 reflect what could we have done better? How could we get that price firmed up better at the front end? Well, what we've started doing now is when we put the specification into our construction team, if there's areas that they say, well, look, we believe it's going to be this, but we're not sure. It depends what this, what happens when we take this off. Right. Let's go in now, take that off. If it's a lintel, we want to know what kind of level of damage is on the lintel or is there any damage on the lintel? Well, look, let's open it up now because we get that opened up now. We know exactly what the problem is and you can price it. And that way, you know, a fixed cost, that fixed price is, is not going to, you're not going to have any kind of shockers that um, you weren't expecting. So I think if you, the more you can fix the price on the front end, answer the contractor's questions from the front end, I think mm. that will just give you that security again, that just, 
you know what you're going to be spending. Absolutely. And you just reminded me of something of um, a couple of years ago when I bought a property in Port Levin. There was um, there was clearly a leak that was coming in um, and I didn't know where it was coming in, but it was definitely somewhere near the roof, but we couldn't pinpoint where it was. And uh, the property at the time was on uh, £160,000. This was an old fisherman's cottage. Uh, and I just sort of thought, you know, this, this roof just doesn't look great, but I don't really know what I'm doing here. I actually did pay for a roofer uh, to come out spent a couple of hours with him I paid him 50 quid um, could have been a slab of beer <laughs> for what he probably would have wanted but actually he gave me a small little writer but what was actually wrong it was uh, a couple of the uh, the slates that had come down and the felt had a hole in it as well um, but he did also say some of the um, uh, the roof uh, uh, timbers were actually rotten and I thought Do you know what that's actually a bigger job than what I thought I went back to the agent I said look here's a small mini report um, I am happy to still offer but I'm not paying 160000 for it yeah. uh, I said my best offer is going to be 152 they actually went for it so if you do take somebody with you to find out mm. what's wrong with it you can actually use it as a bargaining chip on the front end when you're buying it use it as leverage mm. I'd say look I've had a professional come out and uh, hey well you can see you're not you're not making it up as you go along are you you actually have solid evidence yeah and with reason pictures to justify you know which I mm. did and uh, the, the, the vendor said okay fair enough because they didn't know what was what you never paid me that £50 though no I didn't actually <laughs> no I'll, uh, I'll buy you lunch <laughs> anyway but look guys hope that helps Dan um, Jackie thank you again for getting in touch thank and you. for your uh, your questions and guys if you've got any other questions do get in touch yourself absolutely and just remember you can do that by going on to our social media platforms such as Facebook and Instagram alternatively as many as you do give us an email on podcast at cl property.com but we love hearing from you and without you guys we wouldn't have the show so thank you for your questions hope we can answer more in the future goodbye from me bye from me